tenemos un club a, a, de caminatas cada miércoles. Comenzamos a las 6. Ok. We have a walking club every Wednesday at 6 p.m. If you want to join us, we can, you can walk through the street. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. My name is Casey O'Hollick, and today we're talking about the changing face of public spaces. On this episode, we explore two active streets programs, one for business and one for Milwaukee residents. Both are citywide initiatives helping to increase access to public space as an antidote to pandemic isolation and a service to our collective health. COVID-19 has forced a larger conversation about sometimes forgotten infrastructure, parks, streets, sidewalks, and even parking lots. These places, often relegated to passing through, now offer much of the small menu of opportunities to maintain our physical and mental health. We introduce this episode with a soundbite from the Washington Street Walking Group, where several community and public partners have come together to give the streets, well, back to the people. Our first guest talks about just that. My name's Kate Reardon, and I'm a transportation planner with the City of Milwaukee Department of Public Works, and I am program manager for the Active Streets Initiative. So the Active Streets Initiative is something that came out of increasing usage of public spaces in the community during the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about what the goal of the Active Streets program is and maybe the main issue you're trying to address? So we noticed right away that when people started mostly working from home, um, there's a lot less traffic on our streets, a lot less car traffic. Um, We also have trail counters throughout the city on different trails. Um, And we were seeing really high counts on those trails. And we were hearing from people that um, the trails were getting crowded. Sidewalks, as you know, are pretty narrow and it was hard for people to be active while staying safe by distancing themselves from others that they don't live with. And then we were seeing around the country a lot of different programs pop up where cities were closing down streets um, to create more space for people, particularly in parts of their cities where uh, people don't have access to large parks. Um, So we partnered with Milwaukee County to shut down streets to prioritize people biking and walking. The county chose some parkways where they completely shut them down to cars driving through. Um, And we chose um, kind of four areas throughout the city where we shut down streets to local traffic only. So people are not supposed to drive through, straight through, um, kind of limiting cars driving through and allowing more space for people to bike and walk safely. Yeah, so yesterday I joined um, you and the Washington Street Walking Group, and we went down Washington Street all the way to 16th and turned around and went, I think, to 6th Street. And it was so refreshing to be in the middle of the road and not really worried about you know cars or, or other traffic and just feeling really safe and, and having that space. And there was a group of, I think, 20 of us, um, and everyone was able to socially distance from each other, but there was still that, that community. And as we 
kind of muddle our way through the pandemic, I think one thing that we're missing out on is that community. Can you talk a little bit about the efficacy of the program and how it's bringing people together? Yeah. So that Washington Street Walking Group, that 16th Street Community Health Centers and Latinos por la Salud is running is an is a really great example of how people are using the active streets. And right now it's the only program that we have like that on one of our streets. And we hope to see similar things happening on other active streets. Um, But we are really uh, seeing a lot of people come out and enjoy the streets. And um, really we're hearing a lot of feedback from residents that they feel safer. Um, people are saying how they can now teach their kids how to ride bikes in the streets. And people are seeing their neighbors out, even if they're not able to get close and interact with them, they're able to see them out on the street. Um, so people are enjoying um, their streets a little bit more. And by reducing traffic, we make it a more pleasant place for people to get out and hang around with their neighbors um, at a safe distance. Right. And yesterday, Ms. Patti was talking about how um, this is just a pilot program. And next year, the city of Milwaukee will be rolling out different barricades that make it easier for pedestrians to feel comfortable in, in their streets. Can you talk a little bit about, um, about that program? Yeah, so Washington Street um, and also Fratney Street and Wright Streets, which are also part of the Active Streets program, um, are going to become what we call bike boulevards. Um, And a bike boulevard is a street that has lower traffic volume, lower traffic speeds already, um, and where we prioritize that street for people biking and walking. Um, So we do that through a number of permanent changes. Um, So speed humps are something that a lot of people are familiar with. Those and curb extensions where we actually make the curb wider. Um, Those kinds of things uh, we put into the street to slow traffic down and to make it safer for people to bike and walk and to just feel more comfortable biking and walking. Um, So like I said, Fratney and Wright Streets um, in River West and Harambe, um, there's some construction happening right now. So later this year, those will be our first examples in the city of bike boulevards. And then next year, Washington will also become a bike boulevard. So yesterday on Wednesday, July 8th, the City of Milwaukee's Common Council Reckless Driving Task Force um, released their final report on suggestions to mitigate reckless driving in the city. They worked very closely with the Milwaukee Health Department on um, kind of what those issues are. What is your relationship with that task force and other entities in the City of Milwaukee to make sure that these um, new suggestions that you'll be implementing, you know, enhance the safety. Yeah. So I'm sure everybody in Milwaukee knows that we have an issue with reckless driving. And because it was such a bad issue, a task force was created about a year and a half ago, I believe. Um, And that task force um, really focused on a holistic picture of what reckless driving looks like. So in DPW, we focus on what's called infrastructure solutions. So engineering, what exactly does the street look like? And And there's a lot that we can do with the design of streets to change how fast people are driving or how fast they feel comfortable driving. Um, It's something that you probably notice as you're driving throughout the city. There are some streets where you might notice the speed limit sign and find out, realize that you're going much faster because 
the street is designed to make you feel comfortable to go faster, um, whereas there might be some other streets where you naturally slow down because there's a lot of street trees or there's parked cars or there's a lot of people walking or buildings that are close to the street. Um, so those are some design elements that help create a sense of safety and uh, make you naturally slow down. Um, so design is really important when it comes to reckless driving, and it's something that a lot of people don't always think about when it comes to driving. So we brought that piece of the puzzle to the Reckless Driving Task Force, and in their final recommendations, um, there are a number of infrastructure solutions proposed or um, Yeah, a number of design ways to design our streets to be more safe. Um, We also work really closely with our health department. Um, In 2018, um, Mayor Barrett signed the city's complete streets policy into law. And our complete streets policy basically states that um, every time we redo a street, we need to make sure we're taking into consideration people of all ages and abilities traveling in whatever way they're traveling. So that could be walking, biking, using a wheelchair, and driving. And so this complete streets policy really fits into the reckless driving conversation um, because it states that we believe that our streets should be safe for everybody. Um, and the health department has been on our complete streets implementation team. So they've been at the table as we're talking through how do we actually implement this policy. Um, and they've been able to help us take kind of a public health approach and a safe systems approach to our work. In my conversation with Liz Broderick, We talked a lot about how pandemic is helping us change the way that we frame public spaces and that the way that we're activating public spaces outside of the pandemic. um, How do you see the Active Streets program moving forward? Yeah, so um, I mean, none of us know how long this pandemic is going to last. And even when we first put in the active streets, um, it was clear that we didn't have an end date for them, even if this pandemic does end and people are able to kind of return back to whatever normal is going to look like. We want to prioritize safety on our streets. Um, So on our end at DPW, we're trying to see how this can become a tool for engagement because we know that there are issues with reckless driving on a lot of our streets. Um, People don't feel safe going out and walking and barricades that we're putting out are really a temporary, I wouldn't really say solution, but a temporary attempt at starting to find some solutions to those issues. So we want to uh, be able to use some more temporary solutions to address some of these problems so we can try things out and see what works and, um, and then develop more permanent solutions based on that. So a good example of uh, something we're doing in addition to just the barricades is actually at um, on Washington Street on 9th and 10th Streets. We've put, um, they're called wave delineators um, that were provided to us by Saris um, out of Madison. They're just temporary racks that we created curb extensions using them. Previously, they were on Holly Road to um, supplement the protected bike lane that's on Holly Road that was installed last year. So we are trying out some different temporary infrastructure solutions to see what works and what we could do to make some of these changes permanent. 
Yeah. And yesterday, you know, just speaking with some of the neighbors, they had a lot to say. I had such great conversations um, with one couple about, you know, what they, how they feel about their neighborhood and what's going on in their neighborhood. And knowing that there's, you know, a city employee and folks from the 16th Street Health Clinic, I also feel like it's a really great way to disseminate information um, about what's happening in the city. Ms. Patty was just, you know, talking to neighbors who were sitting on their porch and their patios. Um, and it was such an organic and, and, a, and a cool way to get in like neighbors involved in what's going on with their streets. Can you share where those streets are? Yeah. So our original intent was to put these throughout the city, both with our program and then also Milwaukee County's program so that people had more space in their neighborhood. Um, But we do realize that um, not everybody, these aren't in everybody's neighborhood. So some people might want to travel to see them, especially if you're going on a longer bike ride throughout the city. It's a good way to plan your route to see different parts of the city and check out the active streets. So for the city's program, like I said, we chose four areas. One is not um, active yet, and I'll talk a little bit about that. But the ones that we do have up are starting on the north side, Custer Avenue, which goes from North 64th Street to North Sherman Boulevard. And then, like I mentioned before, Fratney and Wright Streets. So Fratney goes from Keefe Avenue to Meineke Avenue. And then Wright goes from 2nd Street to um, where it ends on the east side at the Oak Leaf Trail in Gordon Park. Um, And then Washington Street, like we've been talking about, starts at South Water Street on the east side and goes out to South 20th Street. And the one that we don't have up yet is uh, Galena Street and some other streets around there that starts at Washington Park at North 40th Street. Um, There's a couple of other streets around Tiefenthaler Park, um, like Cherry Street and 24th Street. And then Galena continues to 14th Street and south on 14th Street to King Park at Juno Avenue. Um, So Galena Street we have not implemented yet because we've been working closely with some community partners there who know that there are just some concerns from residents. Reckless driving is really a big issue in that neighborhood. Um, And the alderman for that area, Alderman Stamper, asked that we hold a virtual town hall with residents just to address any issues and um, see see what people are thinking about it. Um, and make sure that it's going to be something that the community wants. Um, So we definitely want to do that. We don't want to just say, this is what we're doing. Um, I hope you like it. Um, So we're excited to do that town hall. That town hall will take place next week. So um, if everything goes well, we may make some changes to that street. Um, If not, we should have that one up and running soon. Um, And like I mentioned, the county also has some parkways. So Humboldt Park, Um, Estabrook Park, Jackson Park, and then the Little Menominee River Parkway. And people can find out more about these locations at milwaukee.gov slash active streets. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for reaching out and doing this. Our next guest, Liz Broderick, came on air to walk us through the business active street program. Liz is executive director of the Eastside Bid and Downer Avenue Bid. This interview originally aired live on River West Radio. You can catch us every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. at 104.1 WXRW or riverwestradio.com. I want to get started by talking about Active Streets, but before I do, can you talk a little bit about what bids are, what business improvement districts are? 
Yes, I'm so glad you asked that question. It is such a point of confusion for people. Um, so bids are geographically bound areas where the property owners have decided to tax themselves an additional amount. It comes in on the property tax bill as a bid assessment, business improvement district assessment. Um, so that tax exists basically in perpetuity forever um, unless there's a petition to repeal it. But basically that then that tax is collected by the city and the city puts it into a different fund that then they disperse to us at the end of every February. So we get every bid is a different assessment rate. Um, so like in the east side, for example, we have a five, $5 per thousand of commercial valuation. And it gets really complicated in terms of formulas with like commercial buildings versus residential buildings versus mixed use buildings. But essentially it's a geographically bound area where business owners are paying um, a group, us, uh, to promote the area, keep it extra clean, do some streetscaping projects, produce events. The main goal of a bid is to drive traffic and customers to a district. And that looks different in any bid that you go to. So in Milwaukee tends to be very structural and, and, and infrastructure heavy um, with that type of work. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I can imagine yeah. having something like a bid around to kind of work as a liaison and someone to guide through this pandemic has been especially helpful for businesses. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about what the Active Street for Business program is and why it's kind of important to these communities and these businesses? Absolutely. Yeah. So the Active Streets for Businesses program uh, was a take on the, the Active Streets for Residential Areas program. And the entire idea around it is that we saw national data and local data, some hyper-local data, all of which suggested the exact same trend, which is consumers are going to be more comfortable dining and drinking and being outside than inside um, during this pandemic. So we saw immediately the need for um, expanded outdoor seating for our bars and restaurants, especially this program is available to any business, but um, it really focused on bars and restaurants because that's also who was hit pretty hard with having to shut down and really get their margins cut, well, already low margin businesses cut even further. So this basically allows bars and restaurants, any business to expand into the right of way, whether that be a sidewalk cafe or seating into a parklet, even shutting down streets for free. The fees are waived. You, normally it's like $250 a meter or something like that for spaces you take up. Um, but this coordinated also the licensing for the extended um, seating in the right-of-way through DPW, but also licensing the licensing department of the city, so like food and liquor licenses, um, the attorney's office, MPD, things like that, all got combined into one application so that it's really streamlined, free to businesses to participate. It's supposed to be a real quick turnaround. I think we're seeing turnarounds, at least our businesses that went through it on the very front end, sub turnarounds of about a week to get this done. Yeah. You speak a little bit about that effectiveness and the coordination between all of the public-private partnerships. I know in the Common Council meeting, Alderman Bauman commented that there's a lot of strings attached to the program and he didn't really think it'd be utilized much. So an industry where margins already are so tight, the restaurant industry, how big of a payoff is this? Yeah, that's a great question. And it varies widely per business and per district and things like that. So the payoff for for different places totally depends on like if they're having to invest in the infrastructure, get new insurance, if they're not used to having outdoor seating component. Um, there are, you know, some, some other strings, like I think there are like 21 components to the application. Um, and it's like, you know, you can't have lighting outside. You need to make sure that things are properly spaced and really mm -hmm. like showing that on the diagram um, with, that you submit to DPW, like it's, you know, 
two feet from a planter to the chair, the chair back to the chair table is 18 inches, the chair <laughs> or the table to table is three feet, table end to chair back is 18 inches, and then six feet table or chair back to chair back. So it's like, it's oh. kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it sounds kind of complicated, but like when you break it down, it's really not that bad. And I think um, the success also depends on like, we have, we were in such incredible, like, like almost daily communication with our businesses around this program and communicating the expectations very clearly. We actually did a couple diagrams for people, um, mm-hmm. who just like, you know, needed some assistance with that. So, um, yeah, I, there would be, you know, there are potentially some, some strings, um, that business owners might not see or understand, but overall, like if you have a bid director there and that is, I mean, it's a huge advantage to being in the bid in a bid, um, Milwaukee has like 34 of them. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, having someone there who can, who can guide you through really helps ease the process and, and creates the better payoff in the end, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and can you speak to a little bit more of like, why, why all these like, uh, strings and requirements and like the exact distance between different like chairs and tables and things like that? Why is that important or necessary? Yeah. Um, so it's a great question. So it's really comes down to, you know, the public safety during a pandemic essentially. And right. so they, you, you got to think about like DPW folks come from engineering construction backgrounds. Like this is stuff that they're very used to dealing with and like very, um, very accustomed to needing to show kind of need to show it's like, you know, turning in homework, like you need to show your work kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, you know, what they're focused on is the reality of, of, um, spacing, especially six feet. So when they, you know, if you turn in a diagram that shows a table and no chairs and you're like, well, the tables are six feet, they're thinking, well, where are your chairs and where are those, you know, calculated in? And things like that. So, um, and I know their main concern about a lot of this stuff has been safety and whether, I mean, both pen, both uh, related to the pandemic and related to just traffic. I mean, one of the things that we have to, uh, we had to do for the east side on um, getting these parklets created for our businesses and being able to even take advantage of the Active Streets program, it only applies to streets of um, 25 miles an hour or under of the speed limit. And North Ave, East North Ave was 30 miles an hour. And we really, really wanted to get parklets on East North Ave. So we worked with our alderman. Nick Kovac has been amazing through all of this. And um, he helped us lower the speed limits. We actually just, I think that just passed um, yesterday to get them lowered permanently in that stretch, which is awesome. That's awesome. Oh, wow. um, so that'll be yeah. <laughs> past the pandemic and all that. It'll always be 25 miles per hour. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. safe. Yeah. (laughs) Why, why is it even like, forget 25 miles an hour speed limits, but like places like Brady street, for example, like you Mm -hmm. can just say no cars there, right. It might just be like just a better environment. Like, is there, is there anyone like kind of calling for like having, having roads where everything's just like, there's no cars can even go there in the first place. Mm. Yeah. So actually it's funny you you mentioned Brady street because I've, uh, that executive director is actually brand new as well. She started, I think like the day after I did on downer. So we both started in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and, uh, people in her bid in her district have been calling for some of them, not all, um, have been saying like, why don't we just shut Brady street down? And the concern is, you know, if you shut Brady street down, especially Brady street, 
it becomes a 24 7 Brady Street Festival. Like, there's no way to control mm. those crowds. Sounds and great. The yeah, right. Wait, this is a Wait, bad minus, thing. Yeah. Minus the pandemic. Oh. Yeah, yeah, true. Right, exactly. It's like, eh, if we weren't in a pandemic, it'd be amazing. But we're in a pandemic, so it kind of sucks. <laughs> so, um, and that's, you know, kind of the issue that we've been looking at. And that sounds like a, that's kind of a, a, that's an issue. Would you say that's an issue because only because of COVID and then like in a post COVID world? fingers crossed. Right. Um, like then that's, then that's fine. That's not a problem, but it's just like when we're, we don't want to, we don't want to incentivize big gatherings during COVID. Is that just kind of like the only reason why not, I guess? Kind of. I mean, you know, I I don't know, like the Brady is such a prime example and I don't know the nuances of that, of those discussions, but, um, you know, for, for us, when we talked about that parklet program in the first place, like adding parklets on East North Ave, the entire idea is like, gosh, wouldn't this be great to see post COVID? Like, wouldn't this be Mm -hmm. awesome to see this kind of like um, become a regular thing, create more um, outdoor public space. Like there's never, you know, one of my board members, Tim Gockman, who owns new uh, is the director for Newland enterprises and owns Mm -hmm. Crossroads collective. Um, You know, he's, he's been all over saying, um, you know, there's no district that invests in public space and it doesn't pay off. So Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the idea is like, and especially with this parking lot idea, like I have a, I have a grand vision <laughs> that a few other, like it's a few other people share and I'm trying to get more people on board with like, especially the city more on board with it. Um, but it's basically thinking like that would be a great outdoor public space in our district, you know, and this is, we have the opportunity um, during this pandemic, like by necessity, we need to create more outdoor seating. So wouldn't it be amazing mm-hmm. to use this opportunity to pilot what we would like to see in the long term? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's been, you know, once we were able to wrap our heads around where we were at with the landscape of, of the pandemic, I think it's actually been a really interesting opportunity in terms of public space and thinking about how that works for everybody. Right. Um, and kind of talking about the landscape of the pandemic yesterday, Milwaukee reported that Milwaukee's COVID-19 reproductive rate, which is the number of people expected to be newly infected from a single confirmed case is now the worst mm-hmm. in the nation. Um, <laughs> we're so, number one. <laughs> we're number one. In another 50, thing. I don't know. <laughs> Woo! Um, <laughs> so what are businesses doing to handle this? Like what is the vibe in the restaurants and businesses that you're supporting? Um, and how are they, how are they taking this news? Yeah. Um, well, it's been touch and go, I think, for a lot of people. Um, we're really lucky in that uh, I think almost every restaurant in both bids stayed open um, for carryout during all of this. And so they, I'm really grateful that everyone found a way to adjust and it's becoming for customers too. It's becoming a new normal to say like, okay, I'm going to go get, you know, put my mask on, go get carry out and eat it at home and still patronize these businesses. Um for the businesses themselves, you know, we have people, uh, I think, I mean, everyone is doing a regular cleaning procedure. Almost everyone, I, I couldn't tell you for sure off the top of my head, but I've, everything, I, everyone I can think of, um, their staff is all wearing masks. You yeah, know, they're doing the disinfectant thing. Um, some are wearing gloves, some aren't. Um, but they are v- being very, very cautious and aware of all of this. And like, it, it's been great to see the communication to the business or from the businesses to customers on the front end of things like signage, you know, on sandwich board saying, here are the new procedures. Here's our QR QR code. You don't even have to touch a menu if you don't want to. 
Um, so, and they are keeping a sharp eye on, you know, the COVID trends as well. I'm part of a work, a public health working group that the MMAC put together with um, the, the city health department. And so we actually just met this morning and talk about trends and uh, both COVID trends, restaurant trends, how do we all kind of share best practices together? It's a constant adjustment. You know, the the word of the pandemic, I feel like, is pivot and and yeah. nimble. It, like you have to just be able to to kind of turn at the at the drop of a hat. Um, but luckily, you know, our businesses are doing really, really well at that. Of course, we wouldn't be Bridges City if we didn't give you, our listeners, action steps and ways that you can engage with our city. Yeah, so um, definitely go out and visit the the active streets, especially if you're um, if they're in your neighborhood. See what it's like. You can email us if you have any questions or any recommendations at bikewalk at milwaukee.gov. And then we also are using volunteer monitors um, on the city streets and the county parkways to let us know what the status of barricades are. We've had some really great volunteers going out there, checking things out. And we've got a Google form that people fill out after they do that. As time goes on, um, you know, some volunteers can't continue to commit. So uh, we still, we would love it if anyone lives near one of these streets and they want to get out and um, help us out. You can send an email to that address again, uh, bikewalk at milwaukee.gov. And I'll get back to you with um, information on volunteering. Yeah. So um, first of all, go down to Eastside and Downer and and patronize those businesses um, and check out the planters. I mean, honestly, I didn't realize how cute they would be. We have they're so cute. Yeah, (laughs) they're painted planters with flowers in them. I never realized it would be so nice to eat among flowers and like see butterflies floating by as you eat. Um, So do that. And then the other thing um, is with the the parking lot program. So. We're looking at taking that parking lot and turning it into a public seating, you know, extended um, seating space with picnic tables that would be painted by local artists. Um, not sure about the timeline of that exactly, but basically we are, we just realized today that this is kind of ripe for a crowdfunding campaign. Um, mm-hmm. So as I said, we just realized it today. We don't have anything out yet, but we will, like when we put it together, we will put it out to the public. Obviously we would love you know, if you think that this is a good idea, if you want to help support um, local artists and pay them for their work and maybe even take home a picnic table at the end of it, um, (laughs) please, you know, uh, keep an eye out for that crowdfunding campaign and support that way. That would be fantastic. Thank you, Kate and Liz, for joining us on Bridge the City. And of course, thank you all for listening. If you want to stay up to date on how you can best get involved in your Milwaukee community, subscribe from wherever you get podcasts to get new episodes dropped into your feed every week. If you like what we're doing and want to support our work, consider also becoming a patron of ours on Patreon. And if you like what you hear and have suggestions on who we should interview or what topics we should cover, give us a shout. As always, let us know how you are helping bridge the city.